0: One, two, three, testing.
1: Good to go? Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Shabbat shalom. It's great to see you on this beautiful Shabbat morning. Day of spring is here. Let us thank God for the gift of learning Torah together. Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu malu Asher yichana mitzvotah v'tzivanu la'asor pedibrei Torah. So after services last Shabbos, ah, Lord Dan Nesson, welcome. So good to see you, Dan. At the end of services uh, last Shabbos, uh, Elias shared with me that he loves this song Piano Man by uh, Billy Joel. It was recorded in 1973. And during the week, I kind of immersed myself in Piano Man, the song, the lyrics, the backstory. And it struck me that um, it's actually a very helpful contrast to the Passover Seders. Uh, Micha Goodman has taught us something that we all know from our own experience, that meaning is found in contrast. When A and B are kind of like each other, but then very different from each other, it clarifies the nature of A and B. So Piano Man, and your Passover Seder, coming a week from tonight, have a lot in common. Have a lot in common. Food, food, drink, drink, song, song, uh, people, fellowship, community. Uh, it's the regular crowd that shuffles in. And at the end of Piano Man, the piano man Billy Joel, 24 at the time, has got them feeling all right. And the question is, is the purpose of the Passover Seder for us to be feeling all right? Is that what we're going for, that we're feeling all right? And if not, what are we going for? And what's the objective of Piano Man? What's the objective of the Seder? And to me, the contrast was tremendously generative. So what we're going to do is we're actually see the video, the original music official video of Billy Joel, 24 years old, with hair, singing Piano Man. Um, we're then going to spend the, the first part of the class just doing a uh, deep dive on the meaning of Piano Man in its own shot, in its context, what is it saying, uh, how do we understand its message, and then we'll uh, pivot to the Seder and the meaning to be made when we compare the two. So, Brian Lefsky, as always, thank you so much for being our tech master, and if you can show us now Piano Man.
3: It's nine o'clock on a Saturday. A regular crowd shuffles in. Some place that he'd rather be time for a wife, and he's talking with David, who's still in the Navy, and probably will be quiet.
1: Uh, Brian, thank you so much for your just great art and helpfulness. So appreciate that. Um, Elias, obviously, I want to start with you. Uh, You brought that song to our conversation. You've shared that you love the song. What do you love about that song? And what do you take its question to be? And what do you think its message is? So
0: thank you, Wes. Um, um, I have to start with something that I consider funny in your teaser for today. You put, this is second and last of the two contemporary songs we are seeing. <laughs> One written in 66, the other one's 73.
1: But we're contemporary from like songs. a 4,000-year tradition. So <laughs> if everything is relative, if you're if yes, your if clock you clock begins with the year
0: zero, then... Uh, if you compare with the Grammy artists this this, this year, so it's, you know, <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit old. You're more hip. Right, right. <clears throat> uh, so many things to talk about this song. Uh, to begin with... Um, <laughs> You know yeah. that there is one yeah, there is part is of the of the text that you you actually um suggested to everybody to read that Billy Joel regrets the, about the, regret the structure the musical structure, of the, the structure of the song being all the same chords all the time all the same you know he has the chorus know, and the and the uh, refrain has the same you know, same, you know um, chord progression okay, progression, and he built like a bridge a little bit bridge, okay? bridge. okay, and so that that tells us that the song, it sounds a little melancholic, and I love the type of, you know, the way he sings it. Now he sings like three octaves lower than that. But, anyways, um, what is so impactful about the song is the lyrics. Now, Billy Joel, every, every time he goes, people ask him to sing this song. And why is it? Because musically, it's not that interesting. You know, it's all the time, it's five minutes, the same thing. It's about the power of, all of the lyrics. And what I believe about the lyrics, in general words, is that all of us, at some point in our lives, have been these people. We've been the entertainers at some point. We've been the people who dream about having a different career. I always dreamt about being a movie star. No, just kidding. And, you know, and, but we have been those, you know, never time half for personal life because, because we are so busy at work. So that's so the powerful of this song, is that everybody can identify with this song all the time.
1: Right. Um, by the way, you know, the, in the backstory that, that was sent with the teaser, Billy Joel had no idea that this was going to be his, his, you know, iconic song. He was like, for the reasons you mentioned, the musical challenges with it, he was mezza-mezza about the song, and then it just turned out to be a, so enormously resonant. And whatever organization said it's one of the top 25 American songs ever created, even though musically it's limited in the ways you've mentioned, because the lyrics. So, um, uh, Aliza, what's the human... uh, And I appreciate you because you're a different generation than we are. Uh, You're, you know, you. I don't even know, in 1973, right? You weren't even born. So now you're listening to this song and watching it. What is the... uh, what is the um the resonance of this song to you when you encounter it
4: so it's funny Uh, a piano man played a really large role in in my family of origin um and so i always think about my my mom's parents my grandparents uh got divorced when my mom was in her teen years and my grandfather tried to woo my grandmother back and he used to um follow her. He would find out where she was going on dates. And there was one particular restaurant in Denver that had a piano man and he would go when she was there on a date and he would ask the piano man to play their song. Um, And so Mm. she would be on a date listening to their song and he won her back and they got back together and got remarried. Um, Wow. And so I often think about the power of right music to just be a subtle reminder in the back of our minds or in, in the front of our minds right wherever it is um and and this song i think is it's just really powerful i i see the scene i feel the scene i mean there have been times in my life uh where i've gone to piano bars and like right there's there's power in someone that can hold all of those memories that you can walk up and say hey i there's this song that would just mean so much to me and that person Holds that song in their heart and then can share it with you and with everyone there it's a i think i really i i can join with this experience i just it feels really relevant and real and and vibrant
1: Mm. and um michelle what is it uh they're feeling all right at the end of the song um even though all the brokenness that brought them to the bar feeling broken uh, my career isn't what I want. Uh, you know, l- l- married to a real estate novelist, never had time for a wife. Loneliness, brokenness, sadness—all the stuff that that brings them to the bar does not get solved. But they're feeling all right at the end. What what's going on in the bar? What's the magic of the bar? What's the solution of the bar? What's the answer of the bar? It's
5: such an interesting question because you hold this song out against last week right and you think about obviously we paired these together because of the core of loneliness but one of the comments that i got in the week since from people who have been engaging is that you know we spoke last week about the existential loneliness of sort of being forgotten or that there's that there's this this deep aloneness that we sort of grafted onto loneliness. And that loneliness can really happen in a crowd too. And that's so critically important. I think this song speaks so powerfully to that sense of loneliness that we all carry around, no matter where you are. And I'm not sure I buy the final line, you've got us feeling all right. I mean, yes. Right. Yes, there is the right. yes, that beauty, Elisa. Oh my God, what a story! <laughs>
4: right. <laughs> what a story.
5: Um, you know, there there's that beauty, and there is that sense that when you come together, you can forget about your your worries. You can forget about what is 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 in your life for a while, as Billy Joel says, and and so that does make you feel all right. But I also had always listening to this song a little sense of the irony of that in that you've got us feeling all right, but we're not yet really feeling all right. We're, we're in like a state and a space in between. We're together, but we're not together. We're full, but we're alone. We're carrying all of that mixed up together
1: in this song. So, so Mich- uh, Michelle, let me ask a question. I'm a congregant, I come to you and I say, I got brokenness and pain in my life. And when I drink, you know, a bottle of wine, I feel better, I feel numbed, okay um okay. right i'm broken, I'm broken forlorn, forlorn, and I drink, and I'm feeling all right and what would your message to me be I, I
5: mean, I think I'd ask you a few more questions, <laughs> okay <laughs> you know <laughs> but
0: Like what type of wine you drink. Yes, yes, thank you. Was it Chardonnay? Was it Merlot? You know, what was it? But
1: fundamentally, fundamentally, um, I guess what I'm getting at with this leading question is by drinking myself, I'm not solving any of my issues. I'm not, my underlying, the the underlying brokenness is not getting ameliorated or addressed. But you're not drinking. And, right, and my question is how is this different from that? How is drinking in a bar, listening to a piano man how how is that helping me solve my underlying But you're issues? not
5: drinking you're not drinking alone and in fact the very point of the song is you know we're all in the mood for a melody and you've got us feeling all right that there's some sense that when we can confront our shared existential loneliness, right it it right. the very fact means that we're not alone.
1: So how is that different? We'll talk about the Seder later. How is that different from Shul?
5: I don't know that it is. I mean, I think for a lot of people, Definitely a bar not. is the secular shul.
1: It's not different for shul. Sure. No. It's a religious experience. Can, I, can yeah. I say something?
0: Let me take a little bit to the side, and then I will come back to this. So I also believe that the power of this song is to tell us how powerful performing arts are. And perhaps Alice and I can be, and then can be, on the same page. And you, you too. No, you too, you sing. Everybody. <laughs> so, you know. you know think about think about when we we as a family or you know all of us we go to see Hamilton for the first time yeah it's so exciting and we spend two hours glued to the theater and to the sounds and to the acting are we thinking about our problems in life or our our even our good things in life while that happening that is happening no we are completely you know, under the spell of whatever that performing arts is. In the thrall of art. Exactly. So, in a way, this song is a reflection of everything. We go to, for different reasons, to theater or to shows or to... I remember vividly, 1992 was the time when the Argentinian bombings of the Israeli embassy happened. Two months later, my voice teacher, who was a opera singer at the Cologne Theater, like the Metropolitan Opera, gives me a ticket to see Faust, you know, by Gounod. Three and a half hours. Three and a half hours. And I said, I like opera. Come on, three and a half hours. I go, I go in the second row, I was like, three and a half hours. And I forgot about the Israeli embassy for the three and a half hours. Okay, so... I was miserable. Okay. But you know know my point? My point is that it's not only that a scene like this that seems so sad it's everyday life when we go to places that include shul. we forget about our regular
2: things right yeah. and uh, and
5: it's and there's a sense that is so powerful that you bring out of the electricity of the room that you're sharing it with because you know you can watch Hamilton now on Disney right in your home I don't your have home. Disney. I and have Amazon, <laughs> Netflix,
0: Apple Plus.
5: Right, but it's but it's not it, it's not that it's not that experience. There's something about being together. There's something about singing together. There's something primal and innate that makes you feel connected. Can I
1: try? Okay. Can I? And then, Lord Dennison, we have to hear your voice in a minute. <laughs> um, but I just wanna I want to just push back, and I wanna I wanna bring a, a dichotomy into the conversation. The difference between escape. And engage. The di- Can I just finish the difference between escape and engage? Right. When you go to, and I would like to make this case that when you go to the bar, and and you listen to sad songs uh, with other people who are sad, that could be healing in a certain way. I'm not alone. There's a community. There's 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 warmth and connection, etc. Of other people, and that's that human community is good um but but listening to the sad songs with other people who are sad is escape i would hope that shul here's the distinction i'm getting at is is not escape but engage that what is the sad
0: song what is the sad song he's singing about the people but we don't know what the real song was
1: at the at the time but they're all sad. Look at the video. They're all sad. <laughs> but they're
5: not hearing a sad song. In you fact, know. like right. you know, they, they right. may actually be singing the most happy song. It's it's their, their songs but, that actually make them feel
1: good. Right. So that's be entertain. Look, being entertained. I'm not trying to be a uh, you know a uh, martinet. Being entertained is a nice thing. But I think that the religious project, like we're in Shaw right? The Satos are coming up. The religious project is not about being entertained. Being entertained is great. I mean, I spend a lot of the weekend watching March Madness. I love college basketball. I love March Madness, especially this year. Last year, we didn't have it. So I, there's no issue with being entertained. I love football. I love I love sports. I love all that stuff, right? I love being entertained, but being entertained, very valid, very important, very worthy. I loved Hamilton. I saw it twice. Is different from the religious project, which is not about being entertained, it's about being inspired to make a difference. Well, no. can I jump in real quick? I exactly yes. agree with you.
4: I wanna, yes. on the point, I think I think it's a false dichotomy between being engaged and being entertained, like, dis, like pulling disengaged or being engaged, like they're two different things, and I think that there's real power to, I mean this is a process that I know you enjoy, like when you go home and you're folding laundry and you're not paying attention to your day and you're just like in the clothes, Often that's when your best epiphanies come to you, and then you come racing back into school, and you have a brilliant idea, and you're exactly where you're going. That there's something about when we take our minds off of the problem at hand, we're able to go into that subconscious. I'm not thinking. I'm not problem solving. I'm not in it. I'm I'm in a state of being. That's when we have creativity. That's when we have capacity for new ideas. And that's not a space of engagement, it, It's 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 in between, and I think this song is in between because what we see are all these people who are on the journey of their life, but they're in between. There's the there's the waitress who's in between. She's a, gonna be a political person. She's she's in between. We have this old man who's in between. He's he's lived the beautiful fullness of his life. He's in the winter of his years, but he's in between. You you've got um you know. The person in the navy, like every single person, is in between things, and I don't think there's a problem. Like I think that actually, what they are having is kiddish. They're having uh, drinks that allow them to sink into this relaxed place where they can reflect on their life and move back out into the world. And what's making them feel all right is that they're this is not their permanent reality. This is a place that they visit when they want clarity, and then they want the strength to go back out. Yeah,
1: yeah. and That's I love a Judaism. Take. No, I, I was first. Oh. Go ahead. <laughs> and then Lord Nesson, we got to get here. Rabbis first. Yeah. Yeah. Rabbis first.
5: I, I was just going to say, I, lo- I love Judaism because I love this room that we're like picking apart the text of Billy Joel's song in a very rabbinic way um, and making a lot cantorial of too. depth the cantorial. And cantorial too. Well, the rabbinic mind in terms of the ancient rabbis, not the right. modern rabbis. Um, so, but you know, picking this apart in a sense, just to pick up on what Eliza said, you know, people are asking him, "What are you doing here? You know, why? Like, you're too good for this place. Why don't? Why? Why aren't you on your next path?" And the. Um, handouts that you so beautifully gave us actually speak to what is he doing there like he's there because actually that's serving him in that moment he he needs that place he needs that space and and in fact it it actually helped him as he was moving on perhaps to get the clarity to be able to become the Billy Joel that we know today and so I, I actually don't see something wrong here when I think back, why, why is this so popular? Why do people love this song that is about existential loneliness and people who are sad and not fulfilling and in between? And like, why do we resonate with this? And I think part of it has to do with that melody that is in that, that is so simplistic and not sophisticated because we can actually sing along. It's like easy for us to, to do a meta on this, like they're singing along, they're looking for their melodies, this becomes our melody that we now sing along at camp. And then the other piece of it is like this process that, that we go through where we can identify this, this sadness in others, and then we don't feel so alone. And I think that, that happens in the song in a really beautiful way, both on the specific level and also on the meta level.
1: Can I talk? Yes, and then so, after Elias Dan, Lord Nesson. Yeah. Uh, first of all, uh,
0: reflecting on Alisa's point, um, this is clearly a view of a 30-year-old uh, very optimistic in life. I don't think that many people th- in this, in this uh, video are in between. They think they are in between. They dream about being in between, but perhaps... But they're where they are. They're where they are, and perhaps 20 years later, they are still in the same place. Still
1: so, in the same bar. Yes, <laughs> right. exactly. Yes. Wes,
0: reflecting on you, we know for for a fact that people that come to Shul don't necessarily come to either get inspired or because they believe in God. They come for different reasons. We have seven gates or eight or so many. I don't know how many gates are now. Yeah, Temple Emmanuel. But <laughs> We you have one know, gate,
1: live stream. We have, we that's have right. the... We're the... That's no, right. That's the pandemic for <laughs> the live streams to react. Yeah.
0: So they come for different reasons. So this idea that that in a way shul is different from the song or from a bar in a way, yes, of course because people come to daven, but not everybody comes to daven. Some people come to Shabbat Alive when we used to have people they close their eyes. They don't even connect with the prayers. They just connect with the music and being in the place or or you know so many other things that we have here and we offer in the temple.
1: So, Elias, So I totally hear that, I I hear all your words. So is there a sense in which the religious project, the Temple Emanuel project, your life work, sacred Jewish music, is there a sense in which it is at all different from the piano man? I mean,
0: when I'm teaching a bar mitzvah student and the student is sleeping while I'm teaching him, or, or when I'm singing and people are chatting while I'm singing in services, no, it's no different from the bar. <laughs> But our, <laughs> you get a lot less drinking right. done than during but, the work. But you know, going—that's go <laughs> right. Well, you haven't seen Kiddush. But uh, no, the the ultimate goal is different. Obviously, is different. Okay. we are here. We are here with, a, in a way, in a mission. You know, of, of, of um, you know, like we always say, Le You know, teaching and, and preparing the new generation with the knowledge and the beautiful stories and, and and you know, teachings of our holidays and our traditions. So the goal is different. But let me hear. Let me. Hear, we want to
1: hear, Lord Nelson. Lord Nelson, what? What's your sense of the song? Do you like it? What's the message, etc.
2: Yeah, I'm. I, I love the song, but I was thinking about something that you just broached on a little bit, Elias. Um, I think what why it's so powerful is that most people, no matter where they are in life, have a sense that they're waiting for their life to start. Mm. you know, I think that that's, you know, uh, you know, uh, you, you, you know, you're 21 and you've you know, graduated college and you have all this knowledge behind you and you're ready to move on. But your life hasn't quite started. And then you uh, then you get a, a job and it's not what you had in mind. But, you know, and maybe you didn't have a career in mind. Maybe you do have a career in mind, but you don't quite get there. And then you're mm. 40 with, um, you know, married with uh, with one or two children. And your life, ha- you know, you have your life, you have your days, but you, your life really hasn't, it's not, ready, it hasn't quite started yet. So for all these people that are sitting around the bar, I think that they're just, they're thinking my life hasn't quite started yet. But I remember when I was younger, and then you have, the, you know, this the old man that wants to uh, uh, sing us, you know, sing us a memory, or, you know, play me a memory, and doesn't quite remember how it goes. But there's something about... The memory of the youth that's saying something, and this memory is going to take me back to feeling how I, how excited I used to be, waiting for my life to start. So I think that mm. there's a lot of power in that. Um, can I ask the questions, or you only ask questions? <laughs>
0: <laughs> how do how do you see Lordness on these with Shul life?
2: Huh. I I really think they, I think they, I think it is different. I think it is different because. Um, the choosing to come to shul, you know, you may come for maybe in a sense an entertainment value, which then becomes engaging. But the difference between you know choosing shul versus choosing uh, going to a bar, you know, is really quite different. Um, yes, you're going to come to shul because it's kiddish and there might be some Manischewitz, but you know, <laughs> you know, right. it's not. It's really not. It's really not the same as you know, um, you know. And I think that I think that. The loneliness that's portrayed in this particular text, and in the way that Billy Joel sings it, you know, the writing of the music and all that, um, is, is 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 profoundly different than the uh, than the aloneness that people can do feel sometimes when they come to Shul as well. But the, I think the difference is that when you're alone, feeling uh, when you're alone in your own head, and, and but you're in Shul. Well, the experience is uh, the experience is different because it's more of a, a spiritual engagement. Yes, music is definitely engaging, but but prayer is engaging too, uh, and in a in a in a more in a different way. I want I want to ask
1: one other question about this song before we pivot to the Haggadah. Um, the one thing we have not talked about at all yet, and the one thing that the lyrics don't give you any insight into at all. It's just it's there, but it's un- unaddressed both in our conversation and the lyrics, is the piano man, Billy Joel. How is Billy Joel um, How is Billy Joel feeling when he does his, his, his gift, when he makes a song, when he sings these songs? How does he feel? Does he feel drained? Is it just a job? It's just bread in the jar? Or does he feel exhilarated? Um, Lord Nesson, we'll start with you. Uh, how, uh, tell us about Billy Joel's soul, the piano man's soul in this bar.
2: Well, I, you know, I think he's he's taking advantage of the time. First of all, I think he's in, you know, he's enjoying it. But if you when you read the test, you see he's he's not just sitting there playing the piano. He's actually taking the time to engage with and, and analyze each of the patrons and each of the people that that work there. So it's a, it's he's creation he's creating relationships, and he's understanding he's looking he's understanding human conditions on different levels you know the the old man the the waitress the uh the bartender the manager mm. um you know all all these all these various people that are that are that are players in the story um including himself you know he does call himself by name in the uh in in the music so I think that he's um uh, you know that he's maybe perhaps a little bit um, a little bit you know just perfunctory in it but 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 it, it's that, also realized that that the patrons recognize that his skills are way beyond what an what an average piano bar, you know, uh, entertainer is going to be, and they say, "What are you doing here?" You know, you should get yourself, a, you know, it's ready for you to move on and get your real life. Yeah. Um, so I think that he's he's a uh, he, you know, he's taking advantage of it. He's understanding that his life is ready to start, and I think that he uh, he uses that that moment, and it's also just the just goes to the to the feeling of the the brilliance of 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 him as a person as in a musician just to look to look at people and say I get you I I I get you I understand you know the I I I understand where where you're coming even I'm twenty four 24 whatever I I get you I I understand your life right. and uh, and and bringing your life into the forefront that your vi- that your life has value um uh and it's uh, uh and that you have uh, I, I'm there with you
1: And that is very meta because this song actually launched Billy Joel. That is very, very meta. It's very Jewish, too.
5: Like Honestly, there's a little bit of ego here, right? You know, he's proclaiming to everybody else, you know, what are you doing here? You're so great. You don't really belong here. There's a little bit of of that satisfaction that you get from reading the backstory, which is actually this is a safe place for him here. This is like a pause. He knows he's not stuck in this bar. And and there's also something that kind of helps him both be there and not be there by knowing he's not stuck there. Davy might always be in the Navy, but he's not gonna in this be the, in yeah, this right. place. And
1: Although meta meta meta, he that, actually is in this place. Right. He's singing about it forever. <laughs> it today, yeah, a hundred years later, he's, <laughs> he's still really singing, this song. singing the
5: song. Yeah. Um right. But you know, the piano sounds like a carnival like he's caught up in the in the music in the joy in the in in the love here in this place and then he's also i think really able to just to pick up on something Dan said you know he's not just a piano man he's a therapist right he's a clergyman he is he is somebody who is able to be there to hold all of these other people's pains and 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 he has something that he knows can help make it Better And in that sense, you know, when, when John at the bar is able to say, Bill, I believe this is killing me, the smile runs away from his face. He's able to be real, able to be honest with Billy Joel, with Bill, and and Bill is, and Bill is not Billy Joel. Bill is like a persona that he's wearing. So he's safe in this relationship, able to hold somebody else at a little bit of a distance while he he hears the pain that's all around him. Mm.
4: I was just going to say, I think there's also something really interesting about playing piano or, or making music in a place where you're not the focus. right? It's not a concert hall. It's not services. It's
1: your background, bar.
4: your background, and your it's background. a really interesting role, right? Because people aren't necessarily paying attention to you. In some ways, your job is to just have fun at the keyboard and you can play whatever you want. Um, if you're really good, you're able to talk to people while like, even your action is background to who you are. You're he's co- having conversations and he's still remembering the chord progressions and the melody lines and he's still playing in time and he's still like continuing to do his thing. But he's he. It's like uh, playing a didgeridoo in some way. But like he's breathing in and breathing out at the same time. He's, he's, and that's kind of a cool, a cool way of being and a cool state to be in, mm. um, where you're, you are the focus and you're not the focus. And I think very meditative.
1: Yeah. So, Elias, you get the last word on piano, man. You brought us the song. Give us Billy Joel's soul as you interpret. You're the, you're
0: the piano man. Anyway. Oh. Uh, <laughs> One thing that we don't mention often about this song, or to at least today, I know that we are focusing on loneliness. But this song not only talks about loneliness, because we don't know if it's John, the bar guy, has a family, has kids. We don't know about that. I think that the song is in addition to loneliness, it's about unfulfilled dreams. Yes. And brokenness that those unfulfilled dreams yes. gives you. So that that's one thing. Now I'm going to speak from my own experience. You know, experience. First of all, I see, I see the Piano Man as one more of the guys or, the, or, the, or the, all the people there who are broken. Okay? I don't see him like the wise guy who is, because he's a human being and he's there for a reason. If not, he will be in Hollywood or whatever, okay? okay. You probably got this, but I get it from a different point of view and at least and then perhaps, and we are all singers here. Anyways, <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is that when we do something, when we sing in a concert, where we lead services and we do melodies, and you see congregants crying. For whatever reason they are crying. Sadness or happiness. There is no better to me, there is no better reaction to what I'm doing. Because it's it's actually so powerful to feel that with something you are providing it, it It's able to produce that reaction in people. So in a way, it feels like the guys the guy is the wise guy you know who sings and I have everything under control. I'm bringing you happiness by doing this. Um, I'm able to for you to numb from reality, but in a way that that person is broken as well. We are all human beings. We are all have our our problems, our issues. But to me, what I always love is this idea that you have the power to do something for people. And uh, that could be really beautiful.
1: Mm, thank you. Well, guys, oh, my God, you're just the best colleagues in the world. Thank you for, thank you for bringing Piano Man to life. Um, I want to pivot uh, in a remaining time to the Seder, which is next Saturday night. Uh, and I guess let me just start with a general question. How is your Seder table different from the project of Piano Man? I mean, you got wine, 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 Check. You got food, 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 check. You got music and memory, music and memory, check. You got people who know each other, check. You got unfulfilled dreams, check. You got loneliness, check. You got brokenness, check. You got people who've been around with their loneliness for a while, check, 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 check. How is the bar different from the Seder, Lord Nesson?
2: Well, I was going to say, you know, first of all, right, right in the first stanza, he says the regular crowd shuffles in, right? Right. And, you know, so were pre-pandemic it's not the regular crowd maybe it's the regular crowd for a seder but most of us have you know um, extended family that's there and that's not the regular crowd that we sit around with so you know relatives that we haven't seen or talked to since you know since the last the fourth cup of wine was, was you know, spilled the uh, previous year. Um, you know. Dan, um...
1: don't you think people have a regular yeah, crowd, like night one Seder yeah. guest list, night two ge- yeah. Seder guest list? I think people have regular, at least we do. Sure and I have a yeah. guest list that we have every year, guest, say night one, night two. We, so people have, and you're right, we might not see them in between Seders, uh, or we do, but not as often. But there's like a tradition that you do Seder with. So it's a regular crowd that shuffles in for your Seder, although it's on Zoom this year.
2: Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. You know. I get that. I was. I was just thinking, like, you know, re- regular crowd means like that you see regularly, as opposed to, right. um, you know, less often. Regularly meaning more often. You know. So um, that. So that's one thing that's different. And I think that. I think that also, you know, the again, the idea that you people are coming together for a seder. As as an engaging religious experience, and I think it's very. I think it really is different than going to a bar on a Saturday night. Um, you know, and shuffling in. I mean, people yeah. don't shuffle into the Seder. They, you know, they they're, they they come into the Seder because they're excited to be there. Some people um, shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, may, 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 maybe, maybe the second Seder people are right. shuffling in because they're tired from the first one. I don't uh, know. And the first. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and I just want to say, I want yeah. to be really
4: clear. I think not everybody has a clear first night and second night. I think there what are, that are people that are actually, they're like at this bar. They like go, like, their Passover experience is to be amongst all sorts of strangers that they haven't met before that they found like they, they got invited but they don't really know people and they don't really know what's going on and like every once in a while the Seder starts and there's like a melee that they sort of remember from when they were younger but they don't really know how to participate and it feels kind of like I think I, I want to I, just I, I
0: believe this is
5: killing me
4: yeah no i <laughs>
0: Matza for think, sure.
4: I, I think that's a normal Passover experience. I think there are some people that have like a regular routine and like every year you do this, and there are a lot of people that every year is different and, but, and un, right.
1: unusual. So so there are a lot of common denominators. So my question to you, Aliza, is in what way is the Seder that you will be at next Saturday night different from the the piano man's bar?
4: A lot of young children. (laughs) We have like, we're like, you know, I think that the difference of a Seder and a bar is a Seder is you have, you actually have material that you want everyone to face. And a bar, you take as you want. Like people are doing their own things. There's no expectation that everybody's together. I mean, this song is unique. Everybody's doing the same thing ostensibly, but they're not. And a Seder, you're trying to get a whole group of people to have the same experience, to have the same conversation, to focus on the same ideas. Mm. Totally different. Mm. I I, I'm not gonna bite because I don't like the question, Wes. Like I I feel like (laughs) I
5: feel like you're preferencing, you know, oh, there's Seder over here, holiness and 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 light and goodness, and then there's the bar over there, bad. Right. And I I feel like we would
1: I didn't say that. Nor did I, I I imply that. I'm just saying they're different, not bad, just different. I,
5: I just I feel like in some sense, well, yes, of course, we all hope that people are not drinking away their troubles and that people are really going through processes where they're legitimately connecting with people and not just sitting next to people and all, all of that. yes. and and so I'll take it on that level. But I think on a one fundamental level, we would all be really lucky if what's happening in this bar, happens at our Satyrs. Like really, if you can get people, I don't know. You, and you, they're with us right now. Like how many of you have been at camp or at a bar or in a concert or in some sort of a sing-along moment or a dance-along if dance is your thing instead of sing or at a Peloton class, and, like, everybody is doing something together, you know, and you got your arms around each other, and you're singing, and you're swaying a football game, you right. know, you're all shouting, let's go, and, and, like, there's something about that, that level of engagement when right. we're all there together. Sing us a song. And like, halavai at our satyrs that everybody should be like, sing us a song. You're the cantor, right?
0: I you don't know, agree say, with you, Michelle.
5: Okay, that's fine. I don't, don't agree.
0: Know? Why? Because because I understand where you're coming from. But, you know, before pandemic, we used to do these fabulous uh, second night seders. I remember vividly first time we did it. We opened the door for Liao. 400 people were hugging each other singing eliao and 400 people were singing that's exactly what i'm saying so it happens during seders
5: that's exactly i'm not (laughs) saying it doesn't happen during seders you're in fact what i'm saying is like the best seders are the ones where this happens like how amazing if we can create a seder experience like that for people where they feel like they can join and they feel like they want to be a part of it and they feel like they want to engage and I a thousand percent agree with you Elias that's exactly what we created on second night and I hope you'll join us for second night even digitally and feel a little of that too but then the other piece of it is like where people could let their smile down and they could engage with the text you know this moment with John where he's able to like take away the fake smile and like really share that I hope happens at your Seder too because, like that, you really like, that you grapple with the depth right. of our of our yeah. seder to and me, our ancestors' To me, the experience. difference is
0: that there are so many things that are very similar to the song and to the seder's. Uh, the difference, putting aside obviously the religious aspect, is that you are together. I hope with people you love, family and friends. Right. Okay. So that's that's a fundamental difference.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I wanna I wanna close with a. a st- what I think is a, a signal difference that, that hasn't been discussed yet, and it's, it's in the text that everyone is familiar with, Bechol Dor And it ends with saying that um, not only were our ancestors redeemed by the Holy One, but even we were redeemed. Just as it says, God took us out from there in order to bring us and to give us the land God swore to our ancestors. So I want to make the following case about a very important difference, which is um, the purpose of the Seder is to, you, you come with your brokenness and then a magic happens, which is that the purpose of the conversation is not on you only, it's on what's broken with the world. And God redeemed you so that you could pay it forward. What are you going to do for the world? And, and, and an image that captures this for me is the difference between, you know, Kos Eliyahu or Kos Miriam at the end of the Seder and put bread in my jar man, what are you doing here, right? So he has a glass, you know, he has Elijah's cup, so to speak, and they stick bread in his jar, man, what are you doing here? And they pay him for singing a song that makes him feel better, right? At least in our family, the tradition is people put their wine in Eliyahu's cup, and as they do, they think, what am I gonna do for the world? And there's a whole important mission here, which is that one way that I can help myself is not to focus on myself. One way that I can help myself is to focus on the world. What there's Lord knows there's a lot of brokenness in the world. And the idea of the Seder is what brokenness of the world am I gonna focus on this year? How might you know God saved me from Egypt so that I could do good for the world? What good am I gonna do for the world? Lord knows the world is broken. What can I do to help? And by doing that, I'll also help myself. Right? So and I think that is a very big difference, right? In in the song, that's a great song and I love the song and I was happy to bring it. But people are focused on me, me, me. What do you think about me? This song. Is, is is a me song the seder is a move from me to we from me to we and when we get to we then you can actually help me right and and i think that so i think that is the difference you go to the bar to lose yourself in reveries you go to the seder to find yourself you go to the seder to find yourself, you to to find yourself. what am i going to do for the world when i help the world at the same time i'll also help me.
0: Beautiful stretch. I'm sorry. Beautiful uh,
1: ending. shalom. <laughs>